Welcome to So There Was, a weird history podcast. Each episode will feature us talking about outrageous events or people in history. But the twist is, one of us is telling a fabricated story while the rest are telling the truth. And near the end of each episode, the group will vote on whose story they think is the fake one. I'm Ivan. I'm Davis. And I'm Baum. And you're listening to the So There Was podcast, a podcast about weird stories and one really bad faker, a really good faker. That remains to be seen. Depending how you look at it. Exactly. So, Ivan, what do you have for us today? So, I have this really great, amazing story, and it's about booze. Oh. Yes, and I've titled it, as you can see, Bad Booze. And so, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, there was a time when manufacturers of industrial alcohol, now, now we're not talking about uh, potable drinking alcohol, we're talking about, like, industrial alcohol, like, uh, the alcohol that you find in paints and solvents and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, this in- uh, there's these uh, manufacturers of industrial alcohol that had been mixing their products with dangerous chemicals. Uh, this was before the years of Prohibition in America. But, uh, you know, during the Prohibition, uh, 1926, to 1933, the federal government pushed these manufacturers to use stronger poisons to discourage bootleggers from turning uh, these alcohols into moonshine and whatnot. And, uh, well, uh, suffice to say, that didn't really stop the bootleggers or their customers, and by the end of Prohibition, more than 10,000 Americans had been killed by tainted booze. So, it's basically mad alchemist moonshine type stuff. Yeah, well... <laughs> the mad, uh, the mad scientists technically being the federal government. Yes, mm. <laughs> in technicality, uh, yeah, the uh, the federal government has poisoned their own citizens. Wait, that's wait. not that's not how democracy works. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, that's illegal. According to Deborah Bloom, author of The Poisoner's Handbook, the practice was called denaturing and when they would put the poisons in the alcohols. And uh, mainly this was done by adding some methyl alcohol to grain alcohol, rendering it poisonous. And uh, some formulas also contained substances that made the product taste too awful to drink and just plain nasty. Uh, the process of denaturing was introduced in the United States in 1906 as a means of exempting producers of uh, the industrial alcohol used in paints and solvents from having to pay taxes during uh, the Prohibition era. And so by mid-1927, the new denaturing formulas included some notable poisons such as kerosene, gasoline, formaldehyde, and acetone. And those are just like just a few because there's like so many other hard words to pronounce and so yeah the treasury department also demanded more methyl alcohol to be added uh, uh, and up to 10 percent of the total product it was the latter it was the methyl alcohol that proved to be the most deadly and uh, usually the worst casualties that happened around christmas and new year's considering a lot of people drink during that time so wow that's yeah that's quite disconcerting <laughs> quite shocking you're <laughs> very mm. shocking i wouldn't be surprised yeah. and uh yeah my sources are our readers digest and it says like you know the title it's titled 12 crazy conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true it was written by laura khan top 12 and then uh snopes snopes in where the government poisoned 10,000 americans it was published both by david emery and kim lacapria so wait when did this happen during the during the Prohibition area, but uh, according to Snopes, uh, tech- in technicality, the government did poison their own citizens, but through uh, 
unknowingly, <laughs> unknowingly poison them. I think they that, did knowingly sure poison them. <laughs> they said no, they didn't do it with the intent of wanting to kill people, but they just wanted to. But still, uh, they put harmful. They, they did put harmful. harmful thing. It was a it was a bad boo boo. <laughs> no, it was. It was a pretty bad boo boo. It was a big bad. It was boo-boo. a big boo boo. Oh. Yeah, but you know, it's like MK Ultra. My uh, mind control conspiracy theories it was true but this is alcohol but this is alcohol and people actually die a mind altering substance yeah. so basically the same thing basically the same thing yeah well that was a very interesting story Thank but you. i have another one concerning ufo's ooh more conspiracy but it actually theory. happened oh so there was this time when the us army lost a battle with a ufo Oh. Intrigue. Oh my. I hope so. (laughs) Wait, what? Okay, let me set the scene a little bit. This event takes place in February. The year is 1942, and wartime jitters have everyone in the West Coast on edge. It has been only one year since the attack on Pearl Harbor. So, on the 23rd of February, 1942, Japanese submarines surfaced and shelled oil stations located in the city of Elwood, which is only a few miles north of Santa Barbara. So to further clarify, a Los Angeles Times article by, I'm not kidding, Jack Smith, reported that the late night of February 25th started out quiet and uneventful. There was a full moon, but at 2.25 a.m. an unidentified aircraft was spotted just off the coast. The regional aircraft controller noted that the object was rapidly approaching the city of Los Angeles. Air raid sirens were sounded, blackout orders were issued, and air raid wardens leaped into action. Everyone was convinced it was an attack by Japanese aircraft. So at 2.43 a.m., planes were reported near Long Beach, and a few minutes later, a coast artillery colonel spotted about 25 planes at 2,000 feet over Los Angeles. This report served to make the ground crews of LA's anti-aircraft gun batteries trigger-happy, it seems. Because at 3.06 a.m., a bright silver floating object came into view of Santa Monica anti-aircraft gun batteries. So flares were sent up to warn nearby crews, and the Santa Monica gun team lit up the night sky. It's like basically apocalypse over the skies of Los Angeles as searchlights cut beams of light through the night sky and reflected off the explosions left by the anti-aircraft fire. Uh, These reflections were mistaken for swarms of aircraft, so this caused an increase of gunfire from the ground crews. About 1,440 rounds were fired into the sky that night, and by dawn, when the artillery ceased fire, no enemy aircraft remained, because there hadn't been any enemy Japanese bombers. There were no evidence of bombs being dropped by enemy aircraft or aircraft remains recovered. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Pray tell, go on. (laughs) Okay, so it turns out that the first unidentified aircraft could have been one of several weather balloons floating in the sky above the city of Los Angeles. They had flares lit at the bottom of the balloons so that it would be easier to spot when they were sent up. So it would be easy to mistake that floating blob of light for an enemy aircraft. So when the large floating balloon was sighted, several flares were sent up over Santa Monica, and the ground crews probably mistook these points of light for enemy aircraft, and that's why they kicked up the firing rate. Uh, so they it, mistook their own flares for more aircraft? Yes. So it was just <laughs> like a vicious cycle? Or <laughs> they, they reacted like, to themselves? It does seem like a vicious cycle. Unfortunately, this was not a casualty-free scenario. It is estimated that three citizens were killed in car crashes what? during the citywide blackout, <laughs> and possibly two people died of heart attacks caused by the explosions over the city. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really weird because they 
Uh, both the Air Force and the U.S. Army phoned in on this, and they had sort of conflicting reports. One said that uh, there were no enemy aircrafts and it was just a drill, and the other said that it was an entire mistake, and many of the ground crews just mistook, for example, uh, balloons. Mm -hmm. They called it an example of how unprepared they were, because, for one, yeah. balloons don't move as fast as, well, Japanese bombers, and two... Since they, w they didn't have any combat experience, they easily mistook flares for actually live aircraft. Oh, was this the National Guard? <laughs> no, it was just, you know, the people that the... were stationed there, the U.S. Army and oh. the Air Force. Huh. Air the Force. Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> the ground it was the crews. Reserve, right? Or... Uh, no, it was the actual Air Force stationed at okay. those uh, local places. Interesting. My main sources were, of course, the Army Air Forces in World War II, which was edited by Wesley Frank Craven, James Lee Crate, and it was published in 1983. And the main story I got uh, all this information from was the LA Times, uh, straight from their archives, called The 1942 Battle of LA by Jack Smith, February 24, 1992. Literally the headline for the old newspaper was, I think, uh, LA Raid or something, or Skies Over LA. But it was, it was really crazy, and people think it was actually UFOs. But hmm. many uh. experts say that it was just a weather balloon and very bad communication, as well as fresh recruits not knowing the difference between flares and lights. Or maybe it was just airplane. a really, really big seagull. Well, that was all very interesting, Davis. Um, Bum, uh, what you got for us today? Uh, well, I don't think my story will top both of yours, but... I think it's pretty interesting. So, there was an exploding Utah arch. A Utah? How do you spell that? Utah. Utah, you know. Oh. Yeah, no, people <laughs> in Utah. U yeah, Utahian. Yeah, Utah. Yeah. Okay, so, on December 10th of 2018, many tourists and locals of the northern part of the city of Moab, located in Utah, were shocked to find that one of the arches in that region had been demolished. So the uh, the Utah arches, as you well know, you've seen the pictures. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this was in that area, and they're located in Moab. Mm. Wait, what do these look like? They're like the big red arches made yeah, the out of big, rock yeah, and stone. Yeah, big red, yeah. This was one of the lesser arches, and according to a statement by the Utah Department of Natural Resources and Division of Parks and Recreation, the entire span of the arch uh, was 23 feet uh, across hmm. and 18 feet high. Okay, so moderately sized. But the thing is, when they uh, found the arch, it was the bridge of the arch was completely destroyed. Hmm. So the police got reports from a few unnamed locals reporting uh, that they heard a bang of sorts in the distance. But they shrugged it off because that area around that certain arch was uh, privately owned. And so it was normal to hear like gunshots because like they're, you know, firearms. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they would... Uh, Smaller do, explosions. Yeah, they would do some uh, shooting over there. Uh, but the Moab Police Department suspected an act of vandalism. And they were correct. Because two days later, a video of that same arch was released on LifeLeak.com showing the arch being uh, destroyed by explosives. Huh. Oh. So the video uh, was confirmed to be that same arch. And uh, it featured a voice counting down to the destruction of that arch by means of explosive demolitions. So after they confirmed that, uh, the video went viral for a few days and KUTV News received an official statement from the Utah Department of Natural Resources and Division of Parks and Recreation 
uh, just two days later in December at 4.46 p.m. saying, The Utah Department of Natural Resources and Division of Parks and Recreation learned of these videos today. The destruction of natural rock formations on public land is a crime and will be prosecuted. Formations like hoodoos and arches takes tens of thousands of years to form and can be destroyed in seconds when people act carelessly and irresponsibly. Please protect Utah's public lands, report abusive behavior like vandalism, and enjoy the outdoor responsibly. They gave that official statement after that video uh, was released. Hmm. And the poster of the video, Desdu 23419, did not say anything about the video or made any comments after that video was released. Because he was arrested. Was he? Uh, well, was he arrested? actually, it's, it was still and still is unclear as to who or why anyone committed that act of vandalism and the police have not made any real, uh, arrests and did not release any further information uh, but people are I guess labeling it as an act of eco-terrorism I knew it so like destruction of the ecosystem hmm. so after that uh, my sources are KUTV news an article uh, titled update Videos appear to show Utah Arch and Utah Hoodoos being destroyed by Adam Forgy. And Fox 13 News, Salt Lake City, Utah agencies investigating after videos purportedly show destruction of Arch Formation Hoodoos by Taylor Hartman. So, yeah. Uh, that's all very interesting. Not well, quite how, terrorism, but... Eco, yes. Eco, yes. How could, how could they not find them? At, what? First, yeah. nobody, nobody calling the CSI. I mean, there were like thousands of arches of those types of arches around that uh, area in Moab. So, time to get the special cases unit on this. Well, then, like the police, at least I don't know, do an investigation of the guy who posted the video. Uh, yeah, but they did not release any further information. Hmm, suspicious. About that. Conspiracy thing. <laughs> this is quite a conspiracy. The, gov gov the government did it. The government. Uh, well, a ploy. now we have to figure out who is telling the two truths and who is telling that one lie. This is going to be very hard because I have no idea who it is. It's a, it's a real brain thinker. Oh it's boy. a brain thinker. It could be me. It could be you. It's the listener, actually. The listener is the fixer. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back after these messages. Okay, so who wants to go first? I believe it's Ivan's story that's the fraud. The main reasons are that you use Reader's Digest and Snopes, which are either second or third handed accounts of the information at best. So that's one of the main reasons why I distrust the authenticity of the story you put forward. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to go to like the first hand source. Of course not. I mean, it would be viable to at least quote the State Department on it or any local newspapers that were part of it. Was, oh, local newspapers. Or there, even CDC. Oh, yeah, it was then there like a CDC or like FDA. Thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm more, those weren't alive back then. It's better to trust first-hand sources or second-hand sources that have interacted with anyone or any organization that was directly involved with the situation. Right. Just to get, you know, the most amount of correct facts as possible. So, Ivan, what do you think? I've heard, definitely heard of yours, uh, Davis. Really? But not like in the sense that I've heard specifically that story, but I do think it is believable in a sense because uh, 
Yeah, people have mistaken, especially during World War II. But whose I do not believe is Bum, because I I don't think at all that anybody could get away with blasting like something as important as an arch and still getting away with it, especially when they put like post the video online, and that like literally nothing would happen out of that. It's like you're writing the story and then just all of a sudden it cuts off, and so it's just it seems very suspicious to me, logically speaking. Uh, story-wise, narratively speaking, Justin doesn't feel right. Uh, Bums is the one I least likely trust, and so that's my reasoning. Between yours, like what you said, Ivan's, his, he doesn't list that reliable sources, and I'm pretty sure I've heard of that story, but there are, like, if he was the fake story, he would have had, uh, like, stuff to work with to work around it, to add or take away from that story to make it fake. Mm. And yours, Davis, I forget, what, what sources did you list? I sourced the LA Times, the original article, and the original author, as well as uh, some historical sources edited by historians. Yours, like, I've never heard anything about that yeah, it's happening. Very obscure. But, like, you know, I've, you know, people mistaking, like, weather balloons for Uf UFOs. Right. But it does sound pretty shady as to... Uh, how they acted but all again it seems reasonable for that time but between yours i'm gonna have to uh have to go with ivan's hmm. well the articles did not specifically state that they were debunking or proving whether the government poisoned ten thousand people hmm. but we could be wrong and didn't like the articles say 10 conspiracy theories about the government i mean it is that turned out digest. to be true that turned out to be true but it doesn't specifically say which one and that doesn't mean Reader's Digest is true 100% of the time, but still. Well, it was a top 12 list of all the conspiracies that were true. So every single one of them was a previous conspiracy, but it was like released to be actually true. Right. Well, I, we still don't know if Snopes, the watchdog that watches... Snopes. Well, Snopes <laughs> that checks the facts. We don't know if that Snopes article actually proved or disproved your story. That's just my beef with it. But still, every good fake story has a kernel of truth, especially when that especially when that story is based off a rumor that is well propagated or well known. Okay, since we outnumbered you, is your story fact? Uh, yes, it's real. It's real. Oh, yes, it's, real. it's very much real. I um, thought you. I, it, I, it sounds like something that could possibly happen, and I've heard inklings and rumors about it, but I've never really delved deeper into the. Well, it was a conspiracy theory previously, but yeah, it is true. And where uh, the federal government did uh, push these manufacturers, like, however means, through, like, either not taxing them during the Prohibition era or just, like, you know, giving them, like, a free pass or whatnot uh, through, like, these indus industrial manufacturers of these uh, alcohols, they said to, like, yeah, just put a bunch of poisons in there, like, up up the uh, methyl content so people wouldn't drink it. But, of course... You know, like, people thought it was a good shortcut to, uh, uh, like, you know, I don't know, like, refine that that uh, industrial alcohol, and uh, sometimes they wouldn't do so well. So they just ended up drinking it, and they just beefed it. <laughs> they just died. They just died. Wow. Just up well, 50-50, I should have chose Davis, because I guess yours is fake. Mine is not fake. That's right, because oh. mine is fake. Oh, I had a sneaking no. suspicion yours was, yeah. but, like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of... So you want to hear the true story? about this yeah arch. let's let's unpack this bag okay 
So what really happened is that <laughs> so there was a video posted on LiveLeaks.com about what appeared to be a Utah arch getting blown up and a Utah hoodoo, uh, hoodoo getting blown up. Okay, so wait, what's a hoodoo? A hoodoo is like those uh, rock formations that look like stacked rocks on top of a beach. Okay. There. Those videos were posted and went viral for like a few days. But the thing is, it was hard for them to uh, confirm whether those were real because there were, like what I said, there were like thousands of those arches and hoodoos in Utah. Right. And it would be hard to actually find the location of those. Mm -hmm. But then later, two, uh, two German guys, they were on the internet and they released the information that, yeah, it was fake. And so we really? faked it. So two German guys, uh, they staged it in, uh, I believe, Mexico. They staged that video in Mexico, and the uh, the video of that arch getting exploded, they uh, recreated that arch in Mexico, mm. practically, and they blew it up. Wait, so it's like a gesso or like a plaster arch? What yeah. did they make it out of? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't explore into how they made it, but the news article further stated that these two German guys created a fake arch and blew it up. And so, then posted it and claimed yeah. it was so, a Utah arch. Wow. Yeah, it was all yeah. practical. Well, they Thanks. didn't claim that it was a oh. Utah arch. They just posted that video. And people assumed assumed it was an arch. And then, you know, they just thought, it's like, oh, that's an arch. Don't blow it up. Yeah, because yeah. that was my other, my other thought. Like, you know, if it wasn't true, it was probably because, like, it was through, like, some special effects. But I didn't know that they did it practically. Right. That's pretty cool, though. And you know that quote that I took from the Parks and Rec statement? So, the first quote said, We are not sure whether these uh, uh, these videos are true, but oh. that second part, and I took that quote <sighs> and placed it in. So, yeah. I just didn't add the quote where they weren't sure whether it was or wasn't fake. Oh, you, so you just took a part of a quote. Yeah. That's that's very common tactic. Mm. Right. So, that's how I faked this Utah Arch story. But, yeah, but still, like I've never heard of... The Los Angeles story. Yeah, it that was, actually happened. It was buried for a bit and then was re-released hmm. for clarification. That's why many people think it was a conspiracy theory that there's actual aliens that try to attack uh, Los Angeles. But no, it actually was a weather balloon. That's what many people suspect because uh, they found. Or could have been aliens. Could have been aliens, but <laughs> but the most logical reasoning concludes that it was actually a weather balloon and the flares that they sent up to warn the other people. It just made things worse when they set yeah. up the flares, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, apparently. Damn. That was a lot of rounds used up that day. Yeah, no kidding. And people died. <laughs> <laughs> Car crashes and heart attacks. Too, yes. Yeah. They weren't, you know, it's hard to say whether they were directly linked. Oh, yeah. But of that's what happened that night. Hmm. So I guess that goes to show us that we should always make sure we're hearing the whole story and not just part of it, so that we know which, which one's fake and which one's real. I hope you subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. We are really appreciated because we make this podcast for you listeners out there. So make sure to check us out on CastBox, Instagram page, and Twitter feed. Make sure that you keep up with the latest news for So There Was Podcast. So remember, check your facts and watch your back. And watch out for fake news.